You mentioned, you know, um, being addicted to drugs, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know people have been addicted to drugs. I've been into drugs as well. Um, do you have any advice for people out there who are basically, who wants a way out, you know? Yeah. Um, well, if you really truly want to change, it's going to be painful. The only way to do it is to do it. Because it's like that saying, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. You can take someone to ceremony, but the only way that they're ever going to actually go overcome that addiction is if they put that work in and actually do it. So it's 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 hard. It's it's really hard. But what comes afterwards is so much more beautiful and worth it than if you were to stay in that. Because it's hell. Addiction is like a hell. It's miserable. Welcome to the Blitz Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. I believe a lot in Eastern medicine, holistic medicine. I know Western medicine has its place with like the gene stuff. And, you know, I, I believe one day with Western medicine, we're going to be able to have a body part growing basically out of our DNA. Oh, yeah. And if we need one, we just kind of like take it and put it in kind of like a car. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, just clone your yeah, own yeah, body yeah, part. yeah. Like, oh, my radiator is gone. Oh, my liver, hey, can you just get that one and put it in? All right. Just take cool. some liver cells and yeah. give me a new one. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you use cannabis a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Healing. Um, like, I think three years ago, I pulled a muscle in my lower back. I couldn't even get out of my car. I had to like pull myself up. I don't know what happened, right? Uh, I reached out to my friend who was in town, who was like a, he's a shaman, like he does Reiki work, body healing. So I did acupuncture, acupressure, um, body work. And then I, I smoked so much weed within the three days, or maybe a whole week, <laughs> right? So doing all those work, right? And smoking a lot of cannabis, I was, I was ready to go by less than a week. Like, if I didn't do any of those uh, healing modalities, I would have been, my back would have been hurting for more than a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... But the fact that I did, like, when he massaged me, like, all the pain, it was so painful. I had yeah. to breathe. And, uh, you know, cannabis helped a lot. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Really just in the but pain. cannabis so like... is a blessing to me. I mean, it, it helps a lot more than, than just pain. It, it does a lot. It, like, helps with... Uh, Anxiety at the store, like I was telling you about, if I don't have cannabis for a few days and I go into a Walmart, it's like I walk by someone and it's like, whoa, I just feel like like if someone's really late on their or their car payment or something, yeah. like this, whoa, like You're just like, hey, bro, you need like, to pay your bills. <laughs> so you're whoa. pretty sensitive and you can sense. Yeah. sense and, I, and I'm easily. not, that's just like, I'm not saying I could pinpoint it. I'm just mm -hmm. saying like, that's just like an example of like, yeah. whatever it is they're going through, I don't know the exact thing, but I can just feel it. And it's like, whoa. I call it the goo because, like, I never really experienced it until after my first ayahuasca ceremony, especially something that powerful. And I came back down. Um, it was, like, on Monday we were driving back, and we pulled up to the first gas station. And, like, we were listening to ceremony music on the way, you know, like, we're totally it's still that mindset. And the windows roll down. This big red truck pulls up, and it's got... It's like, <gasps> it's like, what's going on over there? Like this guy gets out and he's like, you know, he walks by and he's, 
He's got like the total rocker look and like the energy. You can just see it coming off the guy. It's like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like the goo. <laughs> that's what I call it it's the goo it's like especially when you go through cities like you just mm. you just feel it so you're very em- empathic yeah this sense like I don't like I don't like being around very large crowds unless I'm on cannabis yeah. so that's one thing that I need to like not do I need to I'm working on quitting cannabis I've narrowed down that window so it's like every, well except for like the last few days because yeah. I've been traveling. Well, maybe, <laughs> what about CBD? Maybe it's not the, the cannabis. It's the THC you have to weed off and just still do yeah. the CBD because yeah. there's two parts I, of it. I think right? that if I, if I were to try to get cannabis that just had t, uh, CBD instead of the THC, mm-hmm. I think that would help out a lot because it's the act of smoking. And so if I still smoke it and then only have CBD, then you know I could narrow down the amount of THC and then stop because there is. Well, you already know how to do this. Exactly, man. you already know yeah. the system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you figured it out a long that's time ago. That's what I've been trying to do. It's like the last the last few weeks is I've been narrowing it down because like I would usually wake up at like six thirty or seven in the morning and just I would take a shower and then right after I shower my routine is smoke and that's how I start my day and I'll smoke like two or three bowls every hour all the way up until like one or thirty or two in the morning and then wake up the next day and do it all over again. So it's <laughs> like I've narrowed it down to I only I I had narrowed it down to where I only smoked at 10:30 and I stopped at 8:30. Then the next day I smoked at 11:30 and I stopped at 7 mm-hmm. and then I just narrowed down that window. Then I had stopped for a little bit, but then it just got overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I mean, uh, cannabis is very demonized like you 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 know why it was demonized in the first place, right? Oh, yeah. So William Hearst and uh, John D. Rockefeller. Hearst was a, a ma- magazine magnate, right? So he had he wanted to to create the paper industry with wood, not Instead with hemp, hemp yeah. right? So he said how, because like it was the 30s, the, the Great Depression happened. Their businesses were suffering. So they said, well, and then uh, Rockefeller wanted to start pharmaceuticals. And then DuPont wanted to start plastics and oil, right? So they said, how do we uh, get rid of this cannabis industry that's our biggest competition, right? Because those guys were not about competition. They were, they were magnites. They were, they were moguls. They wanted to dominate, right? Oh, so yeah. they, he had a friend, a family member of his that got into Congress or to politics. They created this tax. Call. So it was not called marijuana ever. Marijuana came from the song La Cucaracha that the Mexicans used to sing. He was also a raging racist. So Pancho Villa had took 300,000 acres of lumber away from him. I think it was in Mexico or something like that or something like that. So he had he had it in for the Mexicans. So he said, let's take the word marijuana because that's what the Mexicans used to call cannabis called marijuana. Let's call it <laughs> marijuana. Let's create this law called the marijuana tax. And then they started, he put in his magazines, if your kids smoke this, they're going to like... Reefer madness. Yeah, that reefer madness. <laughs> they're going to like people, men of color. Like It was all these things against like like races. If people of color smoke yeah, this. It yeah. gets them crazy. And yeah. It makes them want to do things to women. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what they did. And then they made it illegal. And the rest is history. And now we have the opioid crisis because of it. Oh, yeah. You know what mm. I mean? So in a way... It is very demonized. And there's two ways to do it. There's recreational and then there's medicinal. Right? Oh, yeah. So recreational is the THC. 
I'm not an expert on this, by the way, so if I say it wrong, whatever. And the medicinal is basically the CBD part of the plant, right? Oh, recreational, um, either way. It's the way you use it. Yeah, and then okay. medicinal, you know, it could be THC, CBD, okay. depending on how much, how the dosage. Okay, yeah. so the dosage is more important than anything. Yeah, because some people with cancer, they come in, they want the strongest oh, THC yeah. oh, sure. or I can CBD imagine, yeah. for their pain. Yeah. So that would consider be medicinal and, you know, recreational could be just, you know, just smoking weed before breakfast or something. Yeah, just yeah. enough to get high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, and it's just crazy because you have 80 years of propaganda against it. So, and we're just barely getting into the legalization. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and if you look at some of the studies that they did about like the monkeys, they like put the gas masks on them with the cannabis smoking it, but it like choked them. The, the tests came back so bad, not because of cannabis, but just lack of oxygen to the brain because right. they were choking them out yeah. with smoke. It's so messed up, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? That's like, crazy. Yeah, it's like if you're going to do an experiment, you should do it with humans and you should do it the right way and mm. do it the way that a normal person would smoke. No one's going to put a... Well, I put a gas mask on. I've done that, but... <laughs> the chupon, right? <laughs> what do you call that? Hot box? Hot box. Yeah, the hot box. That's but, hot boxing on another level. <laughs> but, you know, not everyone that smokes weed is out there with a gas mask, yeah. like choking themselves out like they were doing to these monkeys. You know yeah. what I mean? And so they're like, oh, well, this definitely kills all these brain cells because... <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like well, I think maybe the asphyxiation was what killed the yeah, brain cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack of air. Yeah, and so they were to redo the the studies. They they haven't done studies since way back in yeah. the day about it. Well, they have, but they don't publish them in like the Congress Library of Congress or whatever the medical yeah. Library of Congress. Was. Well, my theory is it's basically it works. That's why they want do everything they can to block that. Oh, yeah. You know what well, I mean? Well, if you That's got people with cannabis that yeah. you can grow and, like, it's really easy to come by, not expensive, then the pharmaceutical companies, they're exactly. not going to have anything to make money off of. And pharmaceutical companies, it's not a cure. It's, it's just a Band-Aid. It's never... The pharmaceutical industry isn't here to help heal or cure people. It's here Medicaid. to... It's here for business. Yeah, it's here to... They get... Their business is injured people. So... Yeah. They're going to try to keep people as injured as possible. And like Chris Rock says, ain't no money in the cure. Yeah, He's like, we ain't cured shit since polio. Yeah, he's like, for real. Yeah. He's, well, like, he's like, when was the last time we cured anything? What's polio? Uh, some disease uh, from that actually was cured that used to kill people pretty seriously. When was this? Probably like, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'd say the 50s, oh, 40s, okay. 30s. Like way before like us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah but uh, and, and the guy that created the cure for it gave it for free. He didn't want no monetary thing. He created the cure and gave it to everybody for free. And polio has disappeared off the face of the earth. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, I I believe that cannabis is a healing plant. I believe if it's used the right way, it can do very good. I I hope that we're moving towards that that place of a society. You know, I feel bad for the boomers because they're the ones that are gonna would probably benefit from it the most, but they're the ones where it's been programmed so much that it's yeah. bad. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? And we actually had a guest uh, a couple podcasts ago. His name is Chris. Uh, he's actually has a company called Canatheory. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Chris, Chris, right? He wants to create something that you can grow, make it DIY at home. It's called the hempcrete or whatever. Um, anyways, it's amazing. It's also going to be good for the environment because it reduces carbon emissions. Oh, no way. Yeah, and he's like, I just want to make it accessible to everybody. 
He's like, and he's like, and 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 he said uh, in the podcast, he said you guys should check it out. Um, he said my biggest uh, kind of like redemption, right? Because he's been demonized too, been in the industry for a while. He's like that now I consult doctors and people in the medical field about them about what dosages to prescribe to their patients for pain and healing and stuff. That's so awesome. doctors are now coming to him. The guy that was put in jail for it, like, you know, you know, shunned away by the society because you're one of those, you know, now he's consulting doctors and creating a DIY thing for people. So I think that something needs to happen a lot more often. There's a lot of ignorance. Like, Mm. so for when I, after like I was, I was, uh, in the hospital for a month and a half and they wouldn't let me travel back to Utah for another month and a half because of, uh, the risk of blood clotting on a 12 hour drive. And so, no, when was it? It was November 13th was my last doctor's appointment in, at Harborview Medical Center. And what I year went, was that? Uh, 2018. Okay, so a couple years ago. Yeah, okay. and so uh, I went there to do the final checkup on my, this was three months after the car accident, and I went to do the checkup on my leg and my arm, and uh I get there, and the woman, the nurse is like, how far can you extend your arm? And I went like this. She's like, oh, wow. And I was like, why? And she's like, how far can you bend it? And I went like this. She's like, that's amazing. And I was like, what? And she's like, can you wait right here? I'll be right back. And she ended up leaving, and I was like, what the hell is going on? She was gone for like 40 minutes. (laughs) finally came back, and she's got the surgeon with her. She's like, I'm sorry. I just had to see this for myself. I'm the one who operated on your arm. Could you show me how far you can extend it? And I went like this, and she's like, that's amazing. And I was like, (laughs) okay. She's like, how far can you bend it? And I went like this. She's like, that's absolutely incredible. Wow. And I was like, why? And she's like, because what you're doing right now is impossible. She's like, well, not, you could not be either. on the pamphlet of Harborview Medical Center um, wow. because of this. This I was like, why? And she's like, 99.9% of the people that get that surgery done that you had on your elbow, they never gain full motion or mobility of their arm. They're either stuck like this or they can only move this much. Wow. And so I went like that. And she's like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, what you're doing isn't possible. And she's like, what have you been doing? And then I was like, well... I've been doing Ho'oponopono, um, which is I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I'm a Reiki master. I've been doing Reiki on myself. I've been meditating, doing visualization. I've been grounding. And as soon as I start going off on this, she's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. she just disregarded me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turned around. It's like, so you're showing that you're excited and you're acting like you witnessed a miracle. But then when I tell you what I've been doing to heal it, you're like, um, <laughs> That's really sad. It's like, dude, it's right in front of you. I've yeah. been, what? Like, I'm going to make this up. Or, like, <laughs> come yeah. on. Like, yeah. I feel like it's a conditioning, too, the way it is. It was, it is. they were programmed. Yeah. Like, oh, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it did. Well, imagine they, yeah. went, they went to school for, like, 25 years. Yeah. Trained yeah, they, that that's not possible. And then some guy comes in. They went from, like, you should be on the, the pamphlet of Harborview Medical Center yeah. to, oh, hmm. They wanted you to say, I took all these meds and your surgery was amazing and that's what healed me. Yeah, Yeah, for real. That's what she probably wanted was to say, oh, I did such a good job on that surgery. Yeah. (laughs) Ego. Sounds like the ego. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny to me because it was like, there was like, you're going to be uh, wheelchair bound. You're not going to be able to use your arm like normal. You're not going to be able to walk. And at seven months, I was running on the treadmill in physical therapy. Wow. (laughs) It's like... And Within a year, I was back to normal. That's awesome. And, the, and I went back 
in March, so not even a full year later, I went back in March and I was walking and I walked into Harborview Medical Center up to the nurses that took care of me on the trauma floor. Yeah. And they saw me and they freaked out. They're like, no way. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you're out of your wheelchair. Yeah. I was like, I told you I would be. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's amazing. They were blown away by it. You made a decision for yourself. Like, oh, yeah. As soon as they told you that, like, no. Yeah. I was like, I don't believe it. It's I like I, it, the yeah. power of the mind and the ability right. to heal. It's like, if you if you tell someone you're never going to be able to heal, and if that person doesn't have their own judgment or their own discernment, they're going to take that as fact and they're going to believe it. And it's that belief that creates yeah. them from not getting better. Oh, That's I'm sad. stuck in this wheelchair now. Well, it's actually, you're not. You're just, you were told that you're stuck in that wheelchair. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's, it's. It's kind of like all the Sri Yukteswar Giri, uh, auto, uh, the autobiography of, a yoga, uh, autobiography of a Yogi. Have you ever read that? No. By Paramahansa Yogananda. His uh, guru was Sri Yukteswar Giri. And basically, it's like you tell someone something, and it, there's a power behind what you say. So, like, he never wanted anybody to think that he was the healer. So, he would trick them, and <laughs> he'd be like, so what you need to do is you need to go and buy a, a pearl necklace with a single emerald or something like that. Yeah. And you need to wear this for a month and you'll be cured. But what he did is he instilled the energy or the frequency of healing into the body so they naturally healed themselves. Right. And they put on that thing. And so a month later when their body naturally healed themselves, they're like, oh, well, thank you for this this necklace. And so he, it's to not make him look like he's a healer because right. then you know, they would whack him. <laughs> yeah, he, he did all this stuff that is just like, Hey, if you were a rune that has this on it, you know, like there's all these stories in autobiography, autobiography of a Yogi that are so profound. It's just, it's a phenomenal book. Yeah. That's like, amazing. That and the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Like, so I've, I've, my spirituality, it's like I, I went from growing up LDS and Mormon into, I wanted to know, so I like mm-hmm. researched everything, and uh, everything that I come back to is the main ones um, are um, the the main teachings are like the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. Those two are like profound. Um, Babaji um, is like a saint in India who's been around for apparently hundreds of years. He's someone who's reached enlightenment and is in the state of Samadhi where he, he won't die. (laughs) He lives up in the cave, in the caves and stuff. He's like a hermit. Mm. And in the late 1800s, apparently he had like appeared to, um, Sri Yukteswar Giri, Paramahansa Yogananda's guru. And he appeared to him and said, you know, the reason why I'm appearing to you is because I know that you have, a profound knowledge on the teachings of Christ in the in the Bible and as well as the Bhagavad Gita and the Hindi scriptures and I want you to write a book comparing the two. And so he wrote a book called The Holy Science and it's like one of the most mind-blowing profound books you'll ever read and it's only 77 pages long. It's teeny. 
Wow. It's called The Holy Science. The Holy Science. Those are my favorite books. Yeah. <laughs> 77 pages? Yeah. Or less. You know my birth year is 77. Oh, no way. Yeah, I was born mine's, in 19... Mine's 87. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm a decade older than you, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like it, Yeah, bro. I know. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's called plant-based diet, right? <laughs> yeah. And good genes, right? Yeah. But in The Holy Science, like one thing that like he says right at the beginning, which is like, mind-blowing to me because in my first ayahuasca ceremony i was prompted to get my melchizedek priesthood as well as like all these these i don't know if you want to call them like downloads of information or lessons or whatever they were like all these different thoughts of uh religion and how there's 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 seven seven different ones that was that I was that I had seen I don't know exactly which ones they're called but I know there's like four of them for sure which are the uh the LDS has a few things like the Melchizedek priesthood and the Aaronic priesthood that are true um the Bhagavad Gita um there's Buddhism um <coughs> there's um Anyway, there's like seven that I that I saw in this thing. It's kind of like the seven chakras of the body and the seven churches of Asia that it talks about in Revelations, which are the seven chakras and the seven spirits and the seven senses. So it's like, uh, if you go into this, this is like a really confusing topic, but if you go into the first chapter of Revelations where it talks about the seven candlesticks and the seven churches and the seven angels, that whole vision... It, it basically what it's talking about is the seven chakras and the seven deadly sins correlate to each one of the chakras and that there's seven senses there's intuition um telepathy sight uh sight sound touch taste and smell smell yeah there's like, there's seven of all of them so there's <laughs> there's so much that that the whole thing i'll try to wrap my mind around how to make that a short topic and it's just not it's not possible so everything's kind of connected basically everything is connected but in the holy science what i'm getting at is in the beginning of that book it says that every religion that teaches love at its core principle is true in every aspect i believe that 100 percent. yeah and anything that teaches you otherwise of like to take away anybody else's free agency to let them choose what's mm-hmm. right or wrong that's of the devil yeah so hundred percent I want to make a point on that because I am not religious like I don't believe in religion I believe in spirituality right um, but so um, I was taught something when I was very young by an older man and he said Isaac do you want to know what I believe God is his wife was Native American she was basically part of a tribe and all that he said he learned this from her he said God is love that's what God is. He goes, oh, yeah. but love is inside of you. And this is how he kind of blew my mind and made like a point that's simple. He goes, so let me ask you a question. Like when you're hugging your mom or your dad or somebody you really, really, like someone you truly love a lot, right? Are your eyes open or are they closed? And I was like, they're closed. He goes, well, why? If it's that person, why are your eyes closed? I was like, I don't know. He goes, because it's not that person. It's you allowing the love that's already within you to come out. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> and he goes, so I believe God is love. And it's in all of us. 
but some people have that blocked you know what i mean or whatever you know and ever since then i was just like i was like wow it reminds me of that scripture it's like there's no fear in love perfect love casteth out all fear because love is god yeah exactly and uh if you just think about it like any religion that like you said is based on fear or like fear this fear that that's not the right thing it should be love and just love and love and and, you know stuff like that so anyways i just wanted to share that um but i i you know i've also had an out-of-body experience in a church right so i was slain in the spirit i don't know if you know what that means though that is so i'm uh, i was raised catholic but converted to christian in the year 2000 the reason i converted was because catholicism was very rules and rituals to me again if you're catholic i'm not saying anything bad this is my experience right so I was just bored all the time. I was like, oh, time to get up, time to get down. You know, oh, my favorite part was the Eucharist and the the little drink, right? You know what I mean? Uh, a little wafer? Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. The yeah. snack? Yeah, the snack, right? Because I was starving. The dry, crusty yeah. fig. Yeah. So I was like, I don't get it. Like, there was no connection. I didn't feel anything. And then I got dragged to a Christian church when I was like, like, like 18 or whatever, 2000. My friend tricked me, right? He's like, oh, there'll be girls there. I'm like, all right, cool, I'll go. He's like, but it was a church, right? I'm like, what the heck, dude? This is church. But anyways, so it's the first time I, I I heard praise and worship before service, and I connected to that. Like, I connect to your, your music. I connect to that, and I was like, I felt it. It felt warm. Everybody was like non-judgmental. It wasn't like all these rules and rituals, you know. And I was like, okay. If I could attach myself to any religion, I said this is something more along the lines that I would believe, right? Oh yeah. But I was also taught, like when I was young, like don't believe everything you hear. My dad was pretty against religion, right? He's like, use your own mind, think for yourself. Uh, but it was a church where people would be slain in the spirit, where it says the Holy Spirit comes down, empties you, and you would fall. You know how they show the people falling? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, and I was like, I would freak out. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, are they being possessed? I'm like, is that real? But then I was like, okay, if this is real, I want to feel it. I'm like, I was taught, I don't believe anything. I need to see it, right? I'm like, God, if you're real, I want to feel that, right? (laughs) And then this is a true story, by the way. And then one day I'm in church and I'm praying, right? And and, and then, so you remember we were talking about the touch and all that, right? So the pastor comes over and he starts praying with me. And I had just got out of a long relationship. I was like, it was just all bad, right? But at that moment, I forgave my ex. I said, you know what? I forgive you. I want. You, I hope you. I hope you're happy. And then I just collapsed. I fell to the ground and I started weeping like a whale. I was like, kind of like ayahuasca perch. Right? Oh yeah. I was like, and I was like crying. And 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 I remember I was out of my body. I was and all of a sudden I was floating in the room, and I seen myself and I was like, Isaac, get up because it was ego. My ego was fighting. It's like you don't cry in front of people. You're cool. Get up. Get up. And then my ego just died. And all of a sudden it went from ego to thank you, Jesus. It was gratitude. And I said it like a thousand times and then I woke up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and my friend was right next to me and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, why? I didn't, I didn't know what happened. He's like, you just fell and started crying. I'm like, really? And then I was drunk in the spirit. So I was kind of like, like drunk. Like I had to be carried <laughs> to a chair and put on a chair. And I had inner peace for the next five years of my life. That's awesome. Like, it's crazy, right? <laughs> so I don't know what happened, but it happened in the Christian church. So I claimed Christianity, right? Oh, yeah. But the more I learned about spirituality and different things, I don't know if it was 
the church or if it was me just praying and intensely focusing for that experience. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I manifested or manifested or that, whatever, but at that moment I realized that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I popped out for a second, right? Then I came back in, but, but so that's why I know that, that in my belief, what I believe is that we're spiritual beings in an earth suit for a little while on this earth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we pass away, it's like a clothing. It's like our suit goes away I don't know why people care so much about the suit after it's just going to rot, right? Yeah. I'd rather have me feed a tree. That's another big vision I have is turning cemeteries into forests, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but but our spirit goes back into the universe, and it's happy. It's we. It's like that little angel that was flying with you. Yeah. That's that's how we are outside of the suit. We're like, wee! You yeah. know what I mean? But then we come back in this body, and it's like, ah, oh, this body holds all the trauma and all the beliefs that have been put onto us and all the programming and everything, right? Yeah, so like what you were saying... Uh, it reminds me of the Bhagavad Gita, um, where I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story. Have you heard of the story of the Bhagavad Gita? No. no. The, Explain. It translates to, the Bhagavad Gita stands for the Song of the Lord. Okay. And it's a, a book, like it's a real story that happened um, thousands of years ago. Um, this guy named Arjuna has this royal family, and he's a prince, and... Uh, He's getting ready to go onto this big, huge battlefield, and his he's going against his family. It's on. It's, so he's got family, like brothers, cousins on this side, and he's got brothers and cousins on the other side that are all fighting against each other. And it's like tearing him apart. And uh, Krishna is basically Christ, just in a different timeline, um, and he basically says this to Arjuna. He's like, I come back when the world needs me the most in specific times. And this is one of those times. And, uh, he has placed himself as Arjuna's servant. He's like his charioteer that leads him into the battle. Krishna is. And, uh, he, he uh, Arjuna tells him, take me into the middle of the battlefield. I want to see, um, who wants to take part in this madness, you know, and he goes and he's in the middle of the field and he's looking on both sides and he like throws his bow and his arrow and he like breaks down and starts crying, like freaking out. And, uh, Krishna's like, why are you crying right now? And, uh, that's when Arjuna is basically like, I know that you're not like a normal person. You're like a spiritual, you know, like you need, you have some kind of message, you know, and he ends up talking to him. He's, he ends up telling him, like, he's like, why are, you, why are you crying right now? And he's like, well, I have to fight against my family, and I have to do all this stuff, but what's the point of having a fa uh, a kingdom? What's the point of winning the kingdom if I don't longer have my family to share it with? And and he's like, you know, you he's like, your sorrow is just, but it's without cause. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like... He's like, you're not, he's like, you, you've got a, a misconception of the whole thing. It's like, you can't kill anyone and you, and you can't be killed. He's like energy. You cannot destroy energy. It just changes form. And he's, he still doesn't get it. And it gets to the point where Krishna is like, well, what happens when you wear a coat? <clears throat> and what happens after several years when that coat gets old and worn and tattered? What do you do with it? Well, you throw it away and you get a new one. Krishna's like, well, that's what your consciousness does. It comes to this life, and it's here to help you realize mm -hmm. your true purpose, which is to realize that you are God, and that everything is God, and everything is connected. 
And through selfless service, you get there the fastest. It's not through yoga or through meditation or through prayer. The fastest way to get to enlightenment is through selfless service to others without expecting any result or any return. Um, And uh, he's like, so just like, he's like, just like um, someone throwing away an old coat. It's like your family, you need to do this. This is something that's important that needs to be done. And uh, that whole thing of of consciousness just shifting form. He gives you instructions. Krishna gives you instructions on how to kill yourself. Like, not not like that, but like when you reach the state of samadhi and enlightenment, there's a way that you meditate and you leave your body through the crown chakra, mm-hmm. where you no longer suffer. You leave this realm and you go to the astral plane where you start that cycle of work. Because mm-hmm. when you're here, if you're in a human body right now. Your purpose is to realize that you are God. You have that Christianity. You have Krishna, Christian. You have that in you. Mm-hmm. You have love. The spark. Yeah, you have love within you. You have, uh, like it says in Genesis, God created us in His image, and we, He is in all of us. Mm-hmm. It's also a she. It's it's in India they call her the Divine Mother. Um, but the the, per, the the whole point is that unless you realize that you're a God. Uh, or that you are God, just like this cup of water has this water in it. Imagine that water is God, but this cup is me. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say that you have your little jug over there. That's you, but God, the water inside is God. So if you were to take Joe and she has like a little, like a teacup filled with water, and Hatam, he has, he has a mug filled with water, and we all come together... And we empty it back into the ocean. It just goes right back to that source. Mm-hmm. The water comes right where it comes from. But the vessel is is, is yeah. different. Mm-hmm. But what's inside the vessel is what we are. Yeah. Is God. 100%. Yeah. And so um, uh, um, when it comes down to it, like everyone needs to realize that that you are me and I am you. And that anything that I say that affects you. It also affects me. Right. Like, and that's like some, that's a concept that a lot of people don't really get is like, I don't really understand the whole, we are all connected and we are all one talk. And it's like, well, this last ceremony, I, I saw it. Like I, I saw the energy. It looked kind of like sacred geometry, but it was in the form of like, have you ever seen a heat wave and you see it like, yeah, it was like that, but each individual thing made a design that was connected to everybody that was it was just beautiful um but we're all we're all connected we're all in this one source (laughs) you know what i mean there's that's how we have the ability to, to feel empathy for others and so it's like some people have it stronger than others some people don't like there's some people that and in the holy science it talks about people that are born of a demonic nature and people that are born of a loving nature there are Two different kinds. So there's there are people in, in this world that are born with no love. Like, absolutely no love. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, Serial killers? Yeah, it's, it's bad. But the way it talks about it is like, no matter what though, anybody, even if they're born of a demonic nature, they're always being encouraged by source to find their way back to it. Mm-hmm. They're always given opportunities and challenges to be like, hey, get it right. Get it right. 
And people that are born of a demonic nature, instead of getting it right, they avoid that. And they try to go against the grain and they do what they want to do. And they pursue the darkness. They just love being evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the good thing is, is most people do have a heart and do yeah. have love. Most people are good, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a good amount that aren't, but uh, you know, I'm not one to judge. You know, like... I've I've been around people that I could feel that I'm just like, <sighs> and all you can really do is pray for those people. You know, like I, yeah. I don't I try I do my best not to come from a place of judgment as much as possible because the portal has taught me a lot as far as like when you reflections and when you see someone else you're like oh well, then I use ho'oponopono and I'm like okay well what is it that's that is coming up in this person that's a reflection of myself, you know and there's certain things that you see that's like. You, you know, we come from a place where it's like we realize that we've had ego. We've had these different issues that are a reflection of it. But I'm talking about it because I, I have acknowledged that I've I've acknowledged that I'm like that and I've overcome that. Like yeah. I'm not trying to pursue ego, uh, being egocentric or um, condescending or whatever, you know, like I'm, I'm just... Oh, I'm just rambling on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get, I get, I get. Both chakras activated. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I get, <laughs> yeah, I get your point though. But I mean, I do believe we are spiritual beings having a human experience, and it's limited amount of time. But I don't think we. Uh, so this helped me deal with death a lot. Like I used to be like, oh, sad when someone passed away. But I feel like the, it, I mean, they're free. Like the spirit goes right back into the source. Oh yeah. And you know, I don't know about reincarnation or any of that stuff, but maybe it's true. You they, come back in and in another. You ano- do yeah. so until you until you clear your karmic process and you realize that you're God and you. There's a lot of different things that that can happen, um, but when the spirit die, uh, when the body dies. That energy is still around, yeah, it and, and it rests for a certain period of time until it comes back. It chooses, it waits, and it chooses a specific family. So if someone was on the right path towards love, they're almost to realize that their process. What happens is they choose a they choose a family when they come back. They choose a family that's going to help them get to that goal faster. Right. Um, and talks about it in autobiography of a yogi. So there's this instance where Paramahansa Yogananda has a student <coughs> who really, really wanted to go with Paramahansa Yogananda on this retreat. And his parents said, you know, you can't go or whatever. You need to stay home and work. And Paramahansa Yogananda, he could just feel. When you get to that state of samadhi, you, you have, you're like an antenna. You, you you can transmit and you can receive energies. And he could feel, he's like, if, if your son stays, he's going to die. Mm. And he told them that. And he's like, no, you're whatever. And he, Paramahansa Yogananda left and the, the kid died. Mm. And when he got back, the parents were like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he said, no, don't, don't worry about it. You know, um, um, he ended up saying that he'll, you'll keep an eye out for him. And so apparently when you get to the state, you can meditate and you can, you can connect with that energy. So if you've lost a loved one 
and you're you, you're able to do this type of meditation, you can meditate and connect with that energy. Mm-hmm. And so he was meditating, and he was able to sense that while he was meditating, his energy is in this state of whatever state your mind goes to meditate. So he kept doing this periodically, and then all of a sudden, one day he did it, and he couldn't feel it. He's like, he's born again. He's He was born. So instead of looking outward, he was able to feel here, and he sought him out. And he found him. He found the baby, and he he ended up talking. The, the I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this story. So the, his son was reincarnated. The son was reincarnated, and the, he told the parents about it. And the parents, when they felt, they could just feel it. They like they felt they held the baby, and they cried and said, "I'm sorry," you know. But in India, they have an understanding about this. Yeah, they yeah. have an understanding about the caste that you're born into and the way that things are, and it's. So much more different uh, life in India. Like, I mean, I've heard stories of uh, from my buddy AJ who's been in India, and if you're born in the poor cla- uh, poor caste, that you get in an accident or you get hurt, you're basically gonna die. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's no hospitals, there's no doctors. If you fall yeah. off that motorbike and you break your femur, yeah, you're, you're, you're done. Yeah, yeah, and, and so. The whole, uh, there is a reincarnation, which is like this, this, uh, I've seen past lives of my own through <laughs> different experiences yeah. and, and ceremonies that, uh, I, I mean, they're just, <laughs> it's hard to sound like a crazy person yeah. talking. No, no, about I, no, I, so no, no, in my ceremony. <laughs> I've had visions of past lives before. Yeah. In they're ceremony. trippy. They're yeah. like. In my ceremony, I, I, um. So in the beginning, it was my ego fighting all the time and being afraid of hearing all the purging and kind of like not wanting to get trapped into this energy. But then when I stopped making it about myself and uh, something came to me, I don't know if it was ayahuasca, they said, you were born with great intuition. Please use this to help others. And I was like, okay. So I would hear someone like, there was this guy next to me who had a lot of rage and he he was like in this bad part so I'd be like, Amori loose, Amori loose. And then he would hear me and then he'd start saying it. And then he would get out of that badness. And then poof, I would fly into my little trip. <laughs> my trip was like Fortnite. I don't know if you ever played Fortnite, but it was like worlds and this and colors and crazy and then one level, then another. But then I was like, okay, let me take control of this. Let me see what I can do with this. And I was like, take me back to my ancestors. And I went back to like, it literally went back to like, it went from, from where I am at now through Europe all the way down to like North Africa. I seen like this little apartment and they would, we would hear like couples talking in different, like six different languages. And then I heard like caveman and, and elephants. And it was like by the water and I could feel the water. And it was like, like I was back to the caveman days. I was like, oh shoot, this is crazy. Right. Anyways. So, but yeah, so I mean, I I do believe in reincarnation and we're just spiritual beings having a human experience. We pop out. I didn't understand. You made me learn something that it's about you stay here long enough till you figure out what you're supposed to figure out. Right. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to help people find their true purpose and follow their bliss. Because really, what is life about if you're not doing what you were meant to do? Oh, yeah. Like, I believe you were meant to do music. That's your purpose. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, uh, there's no secret that when you pick up the guitar and you start playing, like, I, f- 
like something i feel it like it's like (laughs) what is that you know what i mean like what is that magic he's doing out of that guitar you know i pick up a guitar and people leave the room you know they're like that's not my purpose right that is not my purpose right but anyways perfect segue so let's talk about your music real quick so you know you've released many different songs i love the mantra it's the actual song for our podcast this is the the guy that created it right uh you have a couple <laughs> albums coming out so talk about your music where's it headed where you're at now what's the future um so uh i've got a album coming out the thunder rolling down the mountain album which has mantra on it that okay. one's coming out may 26th okay and uh to go with that i'm gonna be filming a movie that goes along with the whole story of it and that whole the whole last ceremony was really powerful and profound and I, th- I think it i'm kind of confused about what happened this last ceremony i'm not sure if it was a past life that i had witnessed that i was holding on to because of what we've been talking about i'm starting to think that, that might be it but like what had happened was so profound like uh i was in the middle of taking uh i had taken the medicine, I was sitting on my sleeping bag, and I got really cold and started shivering. And I was like, oh. and I look over, and I see Hyro walking by. I'm like, Hyro, can you please get my blanket, bro? And he grabs my green blanket, and he wrapped it around me. And I was like, oh, man. And right when I started to warm up and get comfortable, like I had my eyes closed, I like pulled the blanket closer, and I saw these coils like the snake wrapping around me and I was like, Oh no. And I could feel him. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh no, it's the serpent. He's here. And I've always avoided him. And, uh, I could just see the scales were the same color of the black and the green as my blanket. And they're wrapping around me. And it was like choking me out. And I had my eyes closed looking down, but I, I like went to look up through my third eye with my eyes closed. And when I looked up, I saw him like, come up and he had he was like a black cobra that had these long white whiskers like must kind of like a catfish mm-hmm. like like they were white whiskers and i was like who are you and he's like my name is azrael and that's the archangel of death mm-hmm. and i was like well, what's your message for me or the group and then he like i like opened my eyes right when i had said that and i saw this native american guy like right next to the fire, like how I'm seeing you guys right here. He was like sitting on the south end of that fire and he was just so ripped and he had like, he was bald on both sides and he had a mohawk and he had black hair and the very tips of his hair looked like some kind of natural orange dye. And he had black face paint right here and red right here. And he was just really ripped. And I remember feeling it. I was like, man, that guy's got some energy coming off of him. And he looked over at me. When he looked over at me, it's like he like came into me. And he started talking through me, like, really angry. Like, And I was saying these words in this other language. And AJ was, like, right next to me. And he's like, dude, I don't know what you were saying, but you would say a few words in this language and I'd see like this door pop up and it would like push me through and I'd like go to this whole other world of like my process and then and you'd keep talking and it just kept happening over and over again and I was like I don't know man like I don't know what I was saying I could feel it 
And I remember whatever he was saying, it was like I was communicating back to him. And I remember just saying, hey, you know, like, what I felt from it was that he, he was this really powerful warrior. And all he wanted to do was to be the warrior, but he never got that chance. He was murdered. He was cowardice. He, you know, like the government shot him, like mm. killed all the Native American people. And he had like this resentment, this anger that he that he, that he was holding on to. It was he was stuck in this place, and uh, so I remember feeling that and being like, "Well, the reason why you're stuck is because you need to forgive. Like, the only way you're gonna get past where you're at right now is if you forgive and let this go." And as soon as I said that to him, he got so mad and was like, ah, and like just like. Like just screaming in this other language, but it was like through me, and I like started crying. And I see the sun come out of these clouds, and I turned around and looked at the sun. And when I did, it was like, oh, and like went completely out of me. It was just like, oh my gosh! And then it was me left with what I needed to work on, which was like my own resentment and anger uh, issues towards those who I felt that had wronged me, and also towards myself and. Uh, I pushed through and let that go, and <clears throat> so profound. Afterwards, after the testimony, I talked to the this one guy came up to me and he's like, he's like, "Do you know about the medicine wheel?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it somewhat. You know, I know it's the four corners of the earth, the four directions. It's the white, the black, the red, and the yellow. It's the paint. You know, it's like they're." primary colors he said well it's a lot more than that he's like they're, they're, they use colors to their color that they use is very very intentional there has meaning with their color and he's like he started explaining to me all their all their ways and stuff and what each individual color meant and he's like i don't think you realize how powerful that guy was that you were that you saw in your ceremony i was like what do you mean he's like that guy his message was really profound and he wore it on his face. And I was like, what, what message? And he's like, well, the black, the black stands for thunder, thunder rolling down the mountain. He said, it stands for thunder. It stands for war, resentment, anger, and revenge. But the red stands for abundance, prosperity, and peace. Mm. And so the guy that you saw, yeah, he, he wanted the revenge and the, the war and the, and you know that he had that resentment but he showed everybody with the, the colors on his face that above all that, all he wanted above all that was abundance, prosperity, and peace for everyone. Mm. And it was just like, man, that's so crazy. Because when he was explaining it to me, I was like, I was crying. I was like, man, like that explains the whole thing. Because the, the last, in order to get abundance, prosperity, and peace, you have to forgive and not hold on to that resentment. And so when he explained that to me, I just broke down. I was like, man, that is profound and so like it goes along with the music video that's where like i was talking to aj on the way back and that's where the whole idea from the movie that i talked to him about beforehand turned into being done at the portal and so it's gonna start out with i'm changing i'm becoming the first song off of that album um it's gonna show me packing up like early in the morning before the sun comes up over the ridge in in utah Excuse me. It's going to show me loading up my car on the farm in Trenton and 
it's going to show me wearing all black and it's not going to show my face until a little bit later. Um, but it's going to just show me loading up and then driving. And it's going to show drone footage of me driving through the salt flats, through the desert, through the forest, through all the different sceneries that I yeah. get to to get to Mount Shasta. And then it's going to show me get there early in the morning, unpack everything, unroll like a black sleeping bag and a black pillow. And I'm going to grab my guitar and go up to where, you know, behind the port, like the outhouse where everyone goes to take pictures of the mountain, that little hike you go up the hill. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to be sitting right there with the camera facing Mount Shasta and with my back with my back towards the camera, me facing Mount Shasta and the camera facing Mount Shasta. So it's just going to be showing my back. And I'm going to be like trying to play a song and then it's going to show me turn my face to the side and that's when you're going to see that I'm wearing the mask, mm. the skeleton mask. And uh, that's when you're going to, as soon as I turn to the side and you you see the skeleton mask, that's when you're going to hear that. You know that how the album starts off? Mm. And then so it's like he's going to be looking around, and then it's like when the actual guitar part starts, he's going to start... But while that's happening, and I'm like playing, you're going to see me get up out of my body wearing all white, but like the the clothes are like stained with blood, ash, dirt, mud, and just like covered in filth. I'm gonna stand up out of my body and turn around. I'm not gonna have the mask on. I'm gonna walk down to where the sleeping bag is, and there's gonna be a fire that just is built all of a sudden with a little tiny authentic cup of ayahuasca sitting there. Mm. And right where I pick up the cup, and it gets that part where it's like I can't speak. I'm choking now. It's like you know how like. You're talking to the medicine. It's like I'm, I'll be talking to the medicine. Then I'll take it where it's like, it, it's changing me. You know, yeah. like I take the medicine. Then it's like, I'm becoming changed. And, you know, like you're feeling the medicine. You're like, ah. You know, how you're trying not to throw it up. And, and then so it's like when it gets to the second verse, it's going to be the part where like the medicine's kicking in. And I'm realizing, you know, like, of course, I blame everything on me. You know, like, and it's just, it's going to get to the part where it breaks down. Um, So during the first verse, Abuela Luna is going to come out of the forest and like fade in and be like the spirit of Mother Earth. Hyro is going to blend in from Mount Shasta at the top of that little mountain. He's going to fade in like, he's going to appear like a phantom blowing a mapacho down the back of my skeleton character. Mm. Like he's cleaning me. Then walking down to the... To where I'm doing my ceremony. And during that little breakdown where you got that. That part like. There's going to be the volunteers going to be doing a little dance around me. While I'm like throwing up and rolling around in the dirt. And then it gets to the part where it's like. Now I'm free of everything. We're like. It's going to start from the bottom and show like my feet. And zoom all the way up, and it's going to show that I'm wearing all white, completely clean, clean shaven, with my hair done back, like just, you know, like, yeah, just got done doing the ceremony, and at the end of the song, I'm going to walk back up and sit back into my body, and like, whoa, like, be completely white instead yeah. of the black clothes, and like, Change, whoa, that's like, yeah, that's like the, the start of the movie. Wow. And that's like, um, yeah, have you listened to the whole album, the... Thunder Rolling Down the Mountain? Not yet, no. 
So, I'll have to, I have the album, I can like, like message it to you guys, because it's like, the song The Hollow, so it's going to go I've from... I've heard of Hollow. Yeah, so it's going to go from that into The Hollow, and so it's going to go from like me being at ceremony to like going into my place and hanging up the white clothes on the living room as like a reminder not to forget. Mm. And then like when Hollow starts that... I'm going to like turn around, and after I hang up the thing, and you hear that first note, it's like I'm going to look over, and you're going to see empty beer bottles... And beer cans all over the place, just a filthy place. And during the song, it's like I'm gonna be cleaning up and struggling, you know, like with alcoholism. It's just gonna show the process of what everyone goes through. It's like you go to ceremony and you wanna stay clean, but then you get back into daily life and you have all these temptations and all these things that keep popping up, and it's like, oh man. And it's gonna be showing how things build up and how our, our every time that like, uh, uh, the character relapses and drinks or thinks of a suicidal thought, the, the stains reappear on the clothes oh, as wow. they're sitting in the living room. So it's like he drinks one night and then he wakes up and then there's like four or five new stains all over the place. Oh, He's like, right. oh, no, and he feels bad that they're there, you know? And it's like this continual process to try to get back to being clean. And so it's going to go from there into a psilocybin ceremony where I go into the mountains for the the song Living in the Elements, taking the medicine um, with intention. And then it goes from that song being clean and white again, going in, back home to the next song, which is like the hardest song on the album, which is called Suck It Up. And mm. it's like he gets back home, hang up the white clothes on the living room again, and then look around and notice that all of the girlfriend's stuff are out of the room. There's no more bras, tampons laying around anywhere, no more makeup. It's like, something's wrong here. And then look down, there's like a little, excuse me, there'll be like an envelope on the table that just says, I wish you the best. And then it's like, I open it, and there's like a single Polaroid of the girlfriend with another guy. Oh, wow. And it's like cringle it up and throw it and then grab a beer bottle and throw the beer bottle. And as soon as the beer bottle shatters, that's when the suck it up song. Like, doom, 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 yeah, doom, yeah. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> You'll see a whole bunch of stuff like start flying all over the place and like like a TV come flying out of the bedroom into the hallway and like yeah. shatter and freaking like the whole time. Everything that breaks, there's a new stain. It's just like, but it's like the stains are accumulating like left and right yeah. and like just... It's a really intense song where I'm leaving that life behind. Like, yeah. I'm breaking everything in the apartment, throwing everything in the dumpster, packing up all my stuff and loading it into the car, and then putting on the dirty white clothes and bouncing out and going to peyote ceremony right after that. So all your songs basically are going to create this movie. Yeah. And that's going to be kind of like the welcome to the, this is... A Dead Desire, Moroni Silva. Yeah, they're going to be like, what I am. the hell? Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Michael Jackson used to do big old long videos oh, yeah. of like movies, you know what I mean? Like Thriller. Oh, yeah. Thriller was like a short film. Yeah, smooth <laughs> coming real. out. Yeah. It was scary. <laughs> yeah. But so I, wanna, I want it to go from the peyote ceremony into um, me going from the peyote ceremony to Vegas and what the, the point of this next scene is to show is that even though some people have money and some people have um, 
what a lot of people envy if they don't have love or they're not loved and they're not really anything. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm going to show me in a suite in Vegas, like one of the villas that have a view of the strip. Yeah. And it's going to be me in this room. But it's like the only I'm in this room by myself. And the only thing that you see is like little memories that pop up of like her. Like and then like this is during the song, The Death of Me. And when it like says uh, I'm fading away, as soon as I'm fading away, like when it gets that part, it's like I'm going to fade out. And then it, and when it says, in every way, you'll be the death of me, it'll show me slowly fade in with the skull mask back on, wearing all black. Mm. And so it's like going and struggling. And so it's like you get almost to the point of like you're about to end it all. But then it goes from me being in Vegas traveling during the touch of you and thinking and remembering her and like I'm wearing the mask to getting to ceremony. And that's when the mantra that starts mm, it's like right when i pull nah. back up and i'm aware this time i'm wearing the white clothes and the stuff but i have the mask on it's like i'm going there to heal i'm done with this yeah i'm going there and when i sit down at that fire as soon as i sit down the native american dude from my vision is going to be sitting down the one with the mohawk yeah sit down at the exact same time we both sit down the fire is going to come up out of nowhere and this light, as soon as we make eye contact, this light's going to shoot up in the sky. And all the people from around are going to be like pointing at this light in the sky. Like, look at that. Look at that. And they all start going to where the light is. And on their way there, like their black pants will turn white. Like all of a sudden they're wearing white pants. Wow. And they're like getting closer. And as each person, new person shows up, a new volunteer will come up out of the, out of the tree or like out of the water or like. You're leading them to and, the healing. Yeah, and join the ceremony. Did you create this all yourself? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so this That's is amazing. Like yeah. the mantra is like, it's going to end with, I can yeah. feel the love of God. And that's, mm. this part is going to be where I sit down and as soon as that light goes up in the sky and I make con eye contact, I want him to be like, There you go. And then, when I start speaking back to him, it's like, It's like I'm talking you're, back to him. You're speaking your language, he's speaking Yeah, his. and then when it gets to the main part, we both stand up and we're both like, oh, I can feel the love of God. You know, and like in the second part where it's like, I can feel the love of God. That gave me chills. Yeah, yeah like Ooh. it's like we'll hug. And when we hug, it gets really bright on screen. And it's like he walks through the white. It's like he'll walk through the white. And... I'll be completely white with no mask on anymore. Yeah. And he'll, it'll end with me being there with no mask on with all the other people that came to heal at the ceremony. Yeah. And as we're finishing the mantra song, that Native American is going to be walking to the top of that little hill that's and he's awesome. going to fade out into Mount Shasta and that's going to be the end of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. That was I epic. cannot wait for that. Well, speaking of a mantra real quick, um, I know how it came to you, but if you could explain to everyone how that song came oh, yeah. to you, what inspired it, you? It was after my first ayahuasca ceremony. I had um, come home. Wow. So um, that song has been around for six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I came home um, and I was really missing my son because like, medicine showed me how much I do love my son. And I got home and was really excited to see him. I was like, hey, buddy, come give me a hug. And he's like, he like kind of like gave me this little sad face. He turned around and he walked off. And I was like, it made me feel really bad. And I was like, 
I was like, oh, duh. When, when he was five months old, I, I like was gone for six months. He probably thought I was abandoning him because I was gone for a full week. Wow. And I hadn't been away, you know. So he still has some yeah, issues. Yeah, and, and so I was like, I need to talk to him about this. So the, the next day, I was walking with him. So it was the day after I got back. I was walking with him on the canal to my dad's property out in Trenton. And uh, he was like two and a half. He didn't really talk much at all. He's like two and a half, three years old. And I was holding his hand. And I was walking with him. <clears throat> and I was like, hey, buddy, you know, I just really wanted to say that I'm really sorry for not being there when you were a baby. But I want you to know that it's not anything that I, I didn't do it by choice. I was taken away from you. It's like I never meant to leave you alone. It's like, because I love you. Um, and I said, what happened with me and your mom, it just didn't work out, buddy. Things were toxic. And I I hope that one day you can forgive me. And I, I need you to know that I love you. And I just pray that one day you'll forgive me. And he looked up at me. He's like, he just gave me this big smile. And I could just feel that in that moment, he had, he's just like, don't worry about it. Wow. And I was like, wow. And I was like, getting choked up and he looks up and he sees the moon in the sky and he looks at me and he points at it and he's like, mom. Uh, and I was like, Abuela Luna. I was like, grandmother moon. And I was like, no way. And I was just like, at that point I started crying and then I hear like, we kept walking and I just hear this like, oh, I... I was like, what the hell? Whoa. I was like, what the heck was that? And I like kept walking and I hear this, oh, I... I was like, whoa. And I look around and I see like this, what looks like a little cloud of smoke, like a little mist yeah. coming towards me. And it, I, I, and it gets closer and I saw his face form and it felt like a familiar face, like an ancestor, someone that I was familiar with. It's like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, it's kind of freaking me out here. I was like, Cause I'm not schizophrenic or anything. Yeah. And it got like really close and I just, it got right up like. Right next to me, I was like, and I was like, oh, buddy, we got to go. And I, like, I, I picked him up and I I'm ran like, to the gotta house. We got to freaking go. Yeah, I picked him up and I ran to the house. I set him down in the living room and I picked up my guitar and I just started, that, that song just came out exactly the way it is. Oh my and it's gosh. stayed that way ever since. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, scary, and amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> so ever yeah. since then, it's like, gosh like wow. <laughs> and it just came out of you yeah I, I hit wow. record on my phone on my voice memos and it was like a four and a half minute song at the time because mm. it was just like one long recording yeah. but it was the the rough draft and then you yeah. had to finalize it yeah wow. and well, then, yeah and then you have a song you're going to perform here oh yeah talk about that a, song real quick it's called a beautiful day <laughs> all right so it went from holy what does that shit. mean do you know what that means so it's just a... um so any anytime i've asked a few people um from Oklahoma native american church and the few people that are lakota and i guess that heyana means like hear me like it's yeah. like it's like a form of prayer when someone starts a prayer and they're like hear me like heyana like it's um, and then aho is like the first part of it's basically aho is basically kind of like amen, mm-hmm. like uh, like it's like it's done. This is enough. And so like hey uh, aho. So it's like hey, it's like hey everybody, like aho, like let's be done with this, you know. Mm. And so, so it's like the aho. mantra is kind of like a prayer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's like uh, 
and I could feel the love of God is what I picture that whole thing would be the same so it started with the Native American prayer that came to you and then you turned it into a Spanish prayer and then an English prayer yeah so it's basically a prayer yeah the mantra the same thing just repeated in three different languages yeah, yeah. so if you repeat something more than twice I guess it's like a mantra or yeah. A... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome it's been very lucky <laughs> That he's going to play it for the first time legitimately for anybody. So please grab your seatbelts and get ready. He's about to perform A Beautiful Day <laughs> from A Dead Desire, a.k.a. Moroni Silva. And it's under the rug now. Pain from yesterday. Oh, yes, I'm to give it away. You feel like giving it up to the right, then let it go tonight. Now, old behaviors you don't need, holding back all the freedom you seek, fade away from the pain of yesterday, and let it go tonight. Yes. 
<laughs> that was amazing. Thank <laughs> and you we so all, much. Yeah, thank no you. Worries. Yeah, and we always finish it off with. Uh, <laughs> we always finish off the podcast with the world famous Joe Six Qs. So Joe is about to get deep. She's about to ask you some deep questions. So I'll hand it right over to Joe. All right. Uh, first of all, thank you for sharing everything that you shared so far. Um, you've taken me to different worlds and different experiences. And yeah, that was amazing. Nice. Um, you you mentioned, you know, um, being addicted to drugs, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know people who have been addicted to drugs. I've been into drugs as well. Um, do you have any advice for people out there who are basically who wants a way out? You know? Yeah. Um, well, if you really truly want to change, it's going to be painful. But the only way to do it is to do it. Because it's like that saying, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. You can take someone to ceremony, but the only way that they're ever going to actually go overcome that addiction is if they put that work in and actually do it. So it's 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 hard. It's It's really hard. But what comes afterwards is so much more beautiful and worth it than if you were to stay in that, because it's hell. Addiction is like a hell. It's miserable. Um, but yeah, perseverance and just a steadfast desire to actually want to change, that's, uh, it's, I think it's like something that's key if you want to actually overcome any addiction. And ayahuasca. Um, do the diet. If you really want to overcome those addictions, do the diet for seven days and... Go do ayahuasca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like, yeah, I definitely want people to start looking into plant medicine when it comes to oh, uh, yeah. healing addictions, you know? Yeah. And I, I truly believe that the ayahuasca should be done in the daytime, in the light. Because yeah. I've done it at night. The other four ceremonies that I've done, other than the portal, were all done at night. And just the energy and everything about it is day and night difference there you go. Like, literally it's yeah. it's like it's beyond compare you can't compare i like what you said though you said get through it get through the bad because what's on the other side is a lot better than where you're gonna stick oh, yeah. to so much more worth it There's it's a... painful but if you want if you have that strong desire oh yeah it's excruciating it. mm -hmm. yeah but it's definitely worth Thank it you. there's a funny quote it says everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die yeah, so, for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to die to go to heaven, so there you go, right? That's a good one, though, yeah. for real. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, you know, if if you were told you had 48 hours left to live, what is the first and the last thing you would do? Um, I would try to find a way to hack into the emergency broadcast system and pay and play mantra for the whole world that would be freaking <laughs> awesome that would be yeah. so epic Heck like yeah. i'm dying in 48 hours and i at least wanted some of you to hear my stuff so no the, the, world, <laughs> the world will hear your stuff yeah. trust me Heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow okay that's 48 hours gotcha 48 hour mantra marathon yeah the mantra i would do that and then yeah no, that's basically it. Like, Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've listened to that song for like days and days and days. So it was definitely more than 48 hours. Hey, you yeah. basically would say a prayer for the world. Yeah. That's what you just said. <laughs> and feel the love of God within oh, yeah. your heart, basically. Yeah, it's a beautiful message. Thank you. Um, so what does following your bliss looks like for you this year? Um... 
to be starting it next week. <laughs> Filming uh, the movie. Um, I'm excited for that. Oh yeah, just just doing everything that uh, that's doing the work. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's just the to get to bliss, I got to go through all the the hell first, and that's what I'm still working on getting through. Is but definitely um, this this movie. I'm really excited to get started on that. Continuing with that the passion for music and doing those two albums and then I also have two music videos that I want to release for two singles that I have coming out. So there's a lot. I got yeah. a lot of stuff that I'm working on. Awesome. So your music basically. Yeah, the yeah. bliss is just doing what I normally do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just keep making music. Yeah. It's a blissful day every single day. Oh yeah. Um when you hear the word purpose, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Oh <sighs> When I hear the word purpose, um, first thing that comes to mind when you say that, it's like nothing's coming to my mind. Because <laughs> you already are purpose. Nothing else co- needs Just to like, come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> what about what comes to your heart? Um... Oh, no. Authenticity, <laughs> yeah, like just being authentic and not letting anybody else's, you know, perceptions about what you of of you really get in the way. That's great. I love that answer. I yeah. feel like that's the. I mean, I I love just letting it all out. Like when I project, I because of ayahuasca, I've learned to project, which is like even when I'm singing softly, I try to project to the point where it's like if i'm in a quiet room and it's like hey yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean hey yeah. <laughs> well not like a quiet room like like a, a loud room but you're trying to be quiet like hey you know you know yeah. what i mean when there's like a chatter going on and you're not mm-hmm. trying to be like hey <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like project so mm-hmm. the way i the best way for me to try to explain this is picture there's a busy freeway going on and across the freeway your friend is in a field and there's a bull and the bulls getting ready to attack them and they can't see cuz they got their back turned but they're facing you so if you're across that freeway how are you going to be able to project to be like hey look out behind you there's a bull it's going to stab you and you know like yeah how are you going to do that it's going to gore you that that like that projection is is what ayahuasca's really helped me how would you like to be remembered <laughs> that's a tough one cuz everything is just it's it's weird to try to answer that question because everything's like everything's like all perception. Every everybody, what I am to you, what you see, is not what he sees. You guys both have completely different perspectives or perceptions of who I am. So I guess how I want to be remembered is like as like the collective consciousness. Like whenever anybody thinks about me, it'd be like, oh, that's that was Moroni. You know what I mean? I guess I'd want to be viewed as as uh sincere really mm-hmm. like truthful sincere just as light like a light worker someone who who uh fills the spirit and speaks the truth whenever they feel like it's necessary and no matter what it who it might offend <laughs> yeah sincere <laughs> sincerity yeah like be real yeah like these are tough questions. Okay, I told you it was gonna get deep. Yeah, yeah, these are definitely. But you answered them perfectly the way it should be anyway. So, 
You never, never ask these questions. You never know what's going to come out. Like, yeah. That's why I like it. <laughs> I like it so much. Yeah. No, I was awesome. trying to think of the best way to answer these. There is no best way. <laughs> the best the way is the genuine way. The, the yeah. best way is always coming from the spirit. <laughs> I'm doing what I can. You know what I mean? No, you're, it's amazing. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> okay, last question. What's your number one wish for the world? Number one wish for the world is to step out of this illusion that everyone's living in. There's a consciousness. Just like having people be conscious and not so ignorant. I'm terrified at the ignorance in the world. Because there's a lot of... There's just a lot of ignorance. And I think that's going to be the downfall of humanity if we don't change the way that we're going right now. Is this... And it's a lot of it's not even people's fault. It's programming. Yeah. We've yeah. all been programmed like sheep. Oh, yeah. That's why they call TV programming. Oh, yeah. Or they tell, even tell television. you. Television. Yeah. 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 Tell, telling lies or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've had topics. I, I mean, I've talked to people about that before, about the programming. Like it says in the Bhagavad Gita, there's only... I mean, I'm not trying to... This is very controversial point of view I guess but <clears throat> I'm all about being authentic and genuine and it's how I feel it's what it says in the Bhagavad Gita and it's what it's pointed out in a lot of different places is that there's only three genders there's male female and neuter neutral which is like a hermaphrodite someone who's born with both parts it says it in the in the Bhagavad Gita the only thing that that uh, we need to actually realize is that no one is born homosexual no one is born any of these ways that are out there it's all a programming some people are born with more masculine traits some females are born with more masculine traits than they are feminine some men are born with more feminine traits than they are masculine and the purpose of this life is to realize that we're all God and to balance these energies like the yin and the yang. And so I've had dis- I've heated debates with people about this and they're like, well, <coughs> blah, 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 religion and blah, says this about homosexuality and all this. And I'm like, okay, well, the only thing I can really say about that is I've read the Bible and let me point it out to you this way. Uh, the story of David, you know David and Goliath, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the they took the five stones and he yeah. killed the giant. That's actually symbolic as well as literal. So it's like David, when they introduce him, he's introduced as a feminine, petite man of a fair countenance. Normally in the scriptures, when they introduce a man, it's like he was a man of great stature, masculine. You know, it's like. <clears throat> But when it introduces him, it's like, yeah, you know, he was petite. And he, it's symbolic that he took five stones from the river to slay the giant because the five senses, the main ones, the sight, uh, hearing, touch, taste, smell, whatever. These ones, and uh, he used these five to slay the giant. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is a little bit later on, if you keep reading that story... Saul, the king at the time, has a son named Jonathan. And when Jonathan and David meet, they love each other. like, And it keeps on bringing about how much they love each other in the scriptures. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is kind of weird. Like, 
talks a lot about these two guys like loving each other. Uh, and I was kind of weirded out. And there was one part where Saul, they're at a dinner table and he sees them talking and he gets mad and he like grabs a spear and throws it at David and tries to kill him. And it's like, what the hell is this? What's going on here? And then you, a little bit before the story of David in Leviticus, it says, for a man to lay with a man as he lays with a woman is abomination in the sight of God. David clarifies that scripture a little bit later when he meets up with Jonathan. He's like, it says Jonathan's out in the field shooting his bow and arrow with his archer boy. And he tells the archer boy, go into town and get me my fine quiver of arrows and my fine bow or something like that. And so the kid's like, okay, runs off. And when he leaves, there's like a little P, like a little sub paragraph. Like, you know how in the scriptures it has that P that's like bold and it has little a few extra lines on it. It like shows you that there's another little subsection. I can show you on my phone here a little bit. Yeah, but it, it does that little section thing, and it's like when he was gone, David arose from his hiding place. It says right there he was hiding, so something was happening in secret. He didn't want to be seen, otherwise he wouldn't be hiding. Otherwise, it wouldn't have said hiding in hiding place. He approaches Jonathan and he falls on his knees and he begs for forgiveness from God. And I'm like reading this, and I'm like, what's going on here? And then he, it says that he tells Jonathan, though God be between my seed and thy seed, I will always love you. He's basically like saying, hey, we both have the seed. And it says in Leviticus, for a man to lay with a man as he lays with a woman is abomination in the sight of God. So I can't sleep with you, but I will always love you. Then it says that they fall on each other and they kiss. And, and normally it says like, oh, he kissed him on the brow or he kissed him on the cheek. Or like, no, this, they fell on each other and they kiss. And I'm like... What the heck's going on What book on is here? this? The Bible, Old Testament. I think it's in oh. Samuel or Kings. One of the two. Okay. But you read this afterwards. So this is like the last interaction that him and Jonathan have with each other. That, in that way. In the loving way or whatever. After that, though, he balanced his, his feminine energy. And he was able to produce the greatest king that ever lived. Because he had a son named Solomon soul of man like salt of the earth sal oman like like there's so many different play on words that you can do with the name solomon and what and the origins of it but you have someone as powerful and profound as david who wrote the psalms in the old testament who was able to balance these feelings of 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 homosexuality and give birth to the greatest person, the greatest king that ever lived in the scriptures. So that's just like, if you were, that's like saying, hey, like, if you were able to, like, if you were born with more feminine energies and you're able to balance it and you're able to do what you're supposed to do, which is like, men are supposed to be with women and women are supposed to be with men. If you were to do that, who knows what kind of king you could create by balancing your energies. But instead, in this day and age, we're programming kids to be more open to being homosexual. Well, I'm, I'm gay. Well, I'm not, I'm not trying it's to like, like... I'm just listening to everything. I was like, huh. Well, this is the difference, the though. It's, it's, you're not a, a man. Men have the seed. In, the, in Leviticus, I never read anywhere where it says, for a woman to lie with a woman, as she lies with a man, is abomination. No, it doesn't say that. It says, for a man to lie with a man, as he lays with a woman, is abomination in the sight of God. And I don't have anything against 
like gay people or homosexuals because I, I have a lot of friends that, that are. I, but I've gotten into heated debates about them being like, dude, you're not born gay. You're programmed gay. So... Yeah, like I understand. I understand that you. This is your perception of what you come up with yeah. and research and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, no. So it's, it's like, interesting. But it's, I mean, even though it, it has nothing to do with women, with women, but to hear like a man and a man, but that's that's kind of hurtful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I get it. And, and it's, it's your. It was your research, yeah. and it's coming from a book. And it's not so. my intention to like try to offend anyone. And that's why I said it's a very controversial topic because yeah. people, when they believe something, it, it, it hurts to change the system of a belief like, like that because it's, it's a belief. It's something that you believe. But when you actually look at all of the facts and how most of the way that our society works is what's programming. So, for instance... Some of the heated debates that I've had of people that are like, no, I was born gay. It's like, actually, I, you could you could say that all you want, but that's just a programmed belief that you have. Because no one is born gay. No one's born racist. No one's born any certain way. It's their conditions of their upbringing and their circumstance that make them into who they are through programming. And so, you remember the movie Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. So, at the very end of that cartoon... When they're storming the castle, this is like one of the most prime examples. Because I know this gay kid who's in my class. So, in this movie, there's a part where this guy, Lumberjack, his red hair, looks all burly and stuff. He gets sucked up into this dresser, right? And the dresser spits him back out. But when it spits him back out, his red hair is all done up like Marge Simpson. He's wearing a purple bra. He's got makeup on. He's wearing earrings. And he's like, ah! And he freaks out and runs off. Well, all the kids start laughing. But that kid with the insecurity who has a little bit more femininity than masculine energy is like, oh, hey, look, they're laughing. This is acceptable. It's okay. And so there's like a little subconscious programming. Oh, it's okay. This is in society. It's okay. And then you look at any show. They, they put that in there left and right. And it's 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 all a program to say, hey, this is okay. This yeah. is okay. I I think we're just like way off topic now. We're um, definitely but, way off but, topic. But, but uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to yeah. like no. offend anybody but or no, like. It's okay. It's I mean, I, I, really, I get yeah. it. It's your own belief, not mine. And but, but, yeah, you have so, the right to express whatever you want to express, yeah. and so do I. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I believe I was I was born gay. Otherwise. Why do I have all these feelings? You know, yeah. it's not like I had to force myself or I oh, was yeah. conditioned and I'm not, I'm to not, feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get, so, agree to disagree. It's yeah. fine. No, yeah. it's totally fine. Yeah, and I'm not trying to like offend anyone, like I said, or, or try to convince anyone of so, what's right or what's wrong because the only thing that really does matter at the end of the day is love. And if you do love someone else... Exactly. Then, and this, y'all yeah. also got to keep in mind, this is the Old Testament. So when Christ came along, he says that... All the old laws passed away through him, so he comes to atone for everything else that happens. From yeah, so sorry. so that that's always been my thing against religion, and religion is also programming that was written by man. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So I believe if Jesus was here today, he wouldn't judge anybody. Oh yeah, no, he wouldn't. Yeah, like when he when he came down, according to the books, when he came down, he laid with like the people that were like prostitutes and tax sick collectors and all, that. Yeah. and all the sick so yeah. so. 
so like i agree i believe people are born gay because i would never one day like a man like doesn't matter how much programming i watch i'm not going to be like you know what Oh, I, I just know. want some dick today. Like, let's I know. go. Like, I know. You know, no, no. I feel you. No, like, I, I feel I, you. I, I would never, ever, no matter what programming or influence on me, it's just not what I want. Put yourself, you know I mean? not natural. Put yourself yeah. in this situation, yeah, though. Yeah, it's if, not natural to If me. someone who doesn't have a father or hasn't had a father and they've been with their mother most of their life and the mother hangs out with other feminine friends or females, always, always around the feminine energy always like encouraged to express yourself there's a lot more conditioning and circumstances that go into it i'm not trying to say like anyone's right or anybody's wrong it's not my intention to offend anybody my intention is to speak from the heart and what i have what i've learned through experience and what i've witnessed in my life and it doesn't matter like i said at the very end of the day if the core principle is love then you're going to be you're going to be totally fine so yeah. if you if you do love someone doesn't matter if you're homosexual or not. My whole point of that was just to say that I truly believe that we are programmed to to either indulge in whatever trait we have that's more dominant. So if I was born more masculine, so I go more masculine. If I was more feminine, I would want to be more feminine. The purpose, what I'm saying, is to balance, is the balance of the things. So it's like the light and the dark. Um, how how do I? Yeah, I think we're just going off topic. But like everyone has their beliefs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I respect yeah, everybody's and it's not, beliefs. It's not me. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to say that, that you're wrong or like like homosexuality is wrong no, like, or, or there, anything. What you believe is what you believe. What I believe is what I believe. What he believes is what we believe. Yeah. That's and I'm, it. Not, I'm not trying to change anyone's beliefs. All I'm no. saying is, is expressing a point of view. Yeah. And just through everything that I've learned and everything that I've witnessed that, that I've come across, it most everything like racism, homosexuality, alcoholism, substance abuse, it's all programming. Most everything that we go through is programming. Yeah, I agree. And racism, addiction, I believe and religion all that is the biggest yeah. programming that's ever been created in this oh, yeah. world. But the religion, so, so like, I'm not religious. I'm, I consider myself spiritual. And yeah, so but, the Old Testament isn't, doesn't belong to any denomination. It's just a book. And yeah, so it's programming too, Like though. the Torah the, is the first five books of the Old Testament, but yeah. a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just assume that the Torah is a separate book altogether. But it's the first five books of Moses, which it, it contains Leviticus. And that's the only reason why I had stressed about the book of talking yeah. about David with Leviticus is because that was like the Sadducees, which were like the worst of those sects back yeah. in the day were strict. But, but on... again, I've never read those books, so I wasn't programmed like that. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't know. Well, neither did I. I hadn't yeah. read them until I got arrested and put in jail. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like, I'm talking about this from an outsider's perspective, someone who's found spirituality mm -hmm. and observed other things through just practicality. Yeah. And just being like, okay, well, through my deduction uh, of reasoning or, you know, that's what I've come to. That's the conclusion that I've come to. And it's yeah. not like, you know, my, my perceptions can change. Other people's perceptions can change. Yeah. But from what I've witnessed is that's, that's the gist of it. Is yeah. there's been, I don't want to say his name, but there was a kid in my class who like, you know, he was 
he he's homosexual obviously but he only he lived with his mother um really feminine guy he was a really nice guy um but everybody used to make fun of him in high school i never made fun of him um he was really feminine Everyone called him gay all the time, and it, it, it kind of made me feel bad because I was a fat kid, and I was like one of the only fat kids in my class, and I was bullied too. So I was like, you know, I was kind of conflicted about the whole thing. But when um, I've met some very masculine gay dudes, that's for oh sure. yeah, yeah, uh, I, I have yeah. too. But this one, like, he was really feminine, yeah. and uh, he was like, "No, I'm not gay. I promise, I'm not gay." And he like went off, and like five years <laughs> yeah. ago, he he finally came out and said that he was gay. Um, but there's like, there, I'm not trying to like, yeah, it's okay. I think like, we're just, I don't even know how we got on this. I know, topic. It's really, no, I really it's, don't. it's, it's like, uncomfortable no, to talk about. It and is. I'm not, it, no, but the thing is the point is I have my own beliefs. You have your own. Yeah. He has his own. The yeah. whole world has their and, own beliefs. And like I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not against homosexuality or anything. I'm just saying that like from, yeah. from what I've perceived and what it says in the Bhagavad Gita and all the other sacred scriptures and it's not about women it, it mainly it doesn't matter it talks about the male having yeah. being with male as being an abomination in the sight of god yeah. well, so okay that's programming <laughs> uh, right. i think we should just go ahead. i don't know i mean and we respect your beliefs well i'm sorry i, I, I didn't mean to offend you or no. like upset you because i could feel i can feel it in the I air i have a lot yeah. of gay men in, in my life as well so yeah so it just, just to hear something like that like we're born um, you know, we we're born like the way we are. It's, you know, but again, it's from your own research. I know. And you studied, most most and people that's are programmed to, to have that response. Like, oh, I was born that way. And that's like the normal response to that. But that's also programming. So, I mean, I'm not trying to offend you. Um, I, I have a lot of homosexual friends myself. I don't have anything wrong with them. I was just pointing out that what I found out through my studies and right, everything that right. I've read, I got that, is that that's what it comes down to. Is the purpose is to balance these energies out, and to find out your purpose, which is everybody is God. That and God is mainly feminine. So there's a whole bunch that ties into this. So it's like the yin and the yang. There's that little dot on both sides that is the polar opposite. It, it, that's what this has to do with, but it's yeah. too big of a topic, and I don't want to offend anybody any more than I already have. Because I can feel so it. Yeah, balance I can, your energies. Yeah. I, can feel, I can feel resentment towards me right now, and I'm sorry, Joe. <sighs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying like to. Like I said, I know you're not trying to, but the word's already out there, and I understand Like that's your from your own studies, from your own beliefs, and I respect that because I have my own, and nobody can... This podcast is meant for a free speech thing. So we're not gonna censor anybody just like we didn't censor the person the other person that came on yeah. here. We're allowed you to speak your truth. Oh yeah. Everybody has their truth. Yeah. And then there's the reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's truth and there's reality. But you cannot change somebody's truth. But that's always been my big thing against religion. Like if, if Christianity says, if you don't believe in me, you're going to hell. What about those people? Oh, yeah. that go, so what's well, not Christianity yeah, yeah. or religion? I'm just saying, I'm just making a point. Like, oh, yeah. so it's in the Bible. It says those that not come to the Lord through me, blah, 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 blah. Right. So what about a good Muslim person that was born in their country? They never knew Jesus. So they're going straight to hell because they're a good person. And this guy no. is Christian. So, I mean, I'm just saying that's what's written in those things. You know what I mean? But it's also written in there that if they had not known or they had not been given the chance to, but what then they, they are not held accountable. But what if they did know, but that wasn't their, 
their their culture that wasn't how they were raised. They won't be held accountable if they didn't know or given the opportunity yeah. to learn. So anyway, I'm just saying that's always been my thing. I believe if Jesus was here today, he would accept everybody. Oh yeah, no, because he would. True love. He definitely yeah. would. I'm yeah. not I'm not denying that at all. And like I said, this stuff that I'm telling you about is stuff that I've researched in the Old Testament. Yeah. So this is it goes off like the yeah, the Old Testament. Is, it's the was old law deleted it's by the, the New old. Testament. Yeah. It's the old law. This so is the new paradigm. Christ, Christ yeah. said that love one another as I have loved you. It doesn't matter if you're gay. It doesn't matter if you're racist, or it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter as long as it's love. And that's what I'm getting. I'm not trying to offend you. I promise. That's not my intention because I love you. I do. I know, Brother Bear. I know. <laughs> Thank it, you. It's all good. I get it. I get yeah. it. Like, so I, you're you're going to speak your truth. I'm going to speak my truth. Everybody's oh, yeah. going to speak their truth. That's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's all good. Wrap this up. We've been here for four hours. So, okay. um, four Joe, hours. any last words? Um, I'm excited for your movie. Um, Mantra uh, gives me chills. You know, it's one of the most special songs I've ever heard in my life. And thank, thank you. you for allowing us to use that for intro for the You're very welcome. The Blue Seekers Thank podcast. You. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I believe that there's people that were born to do something in their life. And I believe music was was your purpose. It's your gift. It's, Thank you. It's what, what the universe, God, whatever anybody believes out there is what was given for you. And I, and I, I can't wait till you're... The, the, the world needs to hear your music. You know what I mean? Because oh, when yeah. I hear it, it... It just, it does something. And, but, and I'm very intuitive. You know what I mean? That's been my gift, you know? Oh, yeah. And you've been through a lot. You've overcome a lot. And I, I'm, I, I think you should be proud of that. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that didn't. There's a lot of people that use it as an excuse. Like, this is my life. that I'm going to do bad or I'm going to die or this is my fate. So because of what happened to me, right? Oh, yeah. So somehow through your whole entire life, you didn't make yourself a victim. You said, I'm going to figure a way out myself. If no one's going to help me to get out of it. So... That's big, you know, that's that's something that you can be proud of, you know what I mean? And I'm super fired up for that video. Like I can't wait till that comes out. That that is it's exciting, you know what I mean? And um you know, thank you so much for being on the show. Um we look forward to everything. Uh where can they find you real quick? Um everywhere. Uh YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple Music. Okay. Everywhere. So find them everywhere. We'll leave it in the description below. If you like this video, please subscribe. Make sure to hit that like button, the thumbs up, tap that little bell. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next one. And as always, follow, follow your, your bliss. bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss.